Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Comedy Film Reds episode 346, special theme dep. Recorded in advance in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Probably where we normally record yeah. it, but, we can. <laughs> but we're not going to disclose no, it. We're not disclose it. Uh, Thanksgiving to, week. Happy, uh, happy, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Giving thanks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Give a... Uh, Give a blanket of syphilis to somebody. You know what I mean? Like, uh, doesn't that sound like a fun thing to do? <laughs> um, um, you know, what's no, going? It doesn't have to. Could be smallpox. Could be smallpox. Yeah, it doesn't I'm not have to be you. syphilis. Yeah, it could be anything. anything. It's hard to get that on a blanket. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you're not going to try? You know what I'm saying? Like, you should at least make an effort. <laughs> Smallpox, like everyone does smallpox. That's so easy to do. So, um, so we should talk about our sponsor. <laughs> so we've got a sponsor this Thanksgiving week. It's pretty exciting, and it's a holiday offer. Ooh, what is this holiday offer from the good people at Harry's? I love Harry's. Uh, I just shaved with them yesterday. Uh, the blades are so like smooth and everything, and they've that th- now they've. Like in made their handles better, and they've got a special holiday shave set, Chris. Limited edition shaving set with a midnight blue chrome razor handle. And how about this? You can get it engraved with your initials. Or the gift of the person you're buying it for. Yes. It makes a great gift. So what it has is it, it, it comes in this cool, like sort of green box. So it's 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 like you don't have to wrap it or anything. Mm-hmm. You can just send it directly to the person. It's got their shave cream, it's got their handle, it's got two extra it's got three razor blades, actually. Uh, it's got a little cover and a little carrying case. Like for me, it's good. I travel, uh, and it's a it's a really nice, uh, it's nice packaging. It's a really too. nice packaging. So it's like you're kind of if you know somebody that that is looking, you know, or maybe they already spend a lot on some of the other razor blades. This is the thing that you get right now. And uh, guess what? The why it makes a great gift because it's uh, you know you don't have to go to a store. Or right. a mall, wait in line. You can just go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S. Uh, free shipping until December 9th. And guess what? For fans of the show, uh, you're going to get $5 off your order when you use coupon code Comedy Film Nerds. Perfect. And that, that's for the uh, special holiday set, right? Yeah, the holiday set. It, uh, it goes until uh, December 8th. Um, so go to harrysnot.com right now. Get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. And really, guys, don't forget to enter coupon code COMEDYFILMNERDS. Polish up that uh, man face for the holidays. Yes, y- you, you know, need it. You don't want to look like a hobo gypsy as you're going to a nice holiday party. No, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know what I mean? Polish up your man face. Put on some brill cream. Yeah. And then get Make drunk yourself at the look Christmas presentable. Party. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. get your high, has yeah. hammered at the Christmas party for the office. Yeah. Photocopy your butt. <laughs> but shave it first yes. before you do that. <laughs> so Harry's.com, guys, get the special edition shave set. They don't, they don't have a million of them, so it's while supplies last. Free shipping until December 8th. And use coupon code COMEDYFILMNERDS to save $5 until December 8th. Happy holidays. Give thanks with a polished face. have a good thanksgiving everybody (laughs) that's our episode thanks bye um we have a guest here that's been dying it's been very polite and quiet very polite he He polishes up his man face on occasion he does (laughs) he has sort of a trimmed uh shaves his neck and then keeps a little bit of a shadow 
I get it. I'm, I'm not against yeah, that. No, I like it. I'm just mm-hmm. on occasion. He's got to mm-hmm. polish up the whole face. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's a holiday coming. Yes. That's not- He's so kind, he won't even defend himself. Yeah. I'm trying to use proper <laughs> podcast etiquette here, and you're making it very hard for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, first time guest, uh, Mr. Colt Cabana. Hello, hello. And, um, I, you know, I wanted, like, because I've done so many of these rad ad, rad eads, which is <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the opposite of an ad read <laughs> for Harry's. I mean, don't use my code, you know. You use, <laughs> use your code. I get it. I use it, too. That's what I was saying. My underneath, I shave. Uh, mm-hmm. Before I came out here, I shaved. I did a nice hair. Harry's underneath. Thank you. For you. I like you think you're congratulating me on a shaving. Yes. I appreciate it. Everyone likes a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. If mine is on, you did a well, you did a well job shaving. Congrats. Mazel tov. Way to go. Thank you. Um, Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad, you know, this worked out. We did a Doug Loves Movies together over the summer. When was that? May? Yeah, it must have been. Oh, because it was right around my birthday, so That's it was right. May. At the Rosemont Zanies. Correct. You're from Chicago. I am. Uh, and 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 I had no idea, you know, that you're a, you're a pro wrestler. You do, like, comedy wrestling. You have a podcast. So I didn't know... I'm in. I'm in it. I'm in the world. <laughs> I'm in the. Con- well, I feel like when people ask me about so Graham, this podcast thing, what is it? So, um, oh, that's what you, what that's you what feel about like, my wrestling yeah, world? Because I, I knew. I mean, I know wrestling, obviously. Sure. I'm not. A, I'm not a, a big fan of it. So, but I didn't know that there. I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I was I have the classic. Uh, I remember. Uh, going as a kid, seeing Rowdy Roddy Piper live nice. and Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, uh, we would go to the Spectrum in Philadelphia. Wonderful. And the one, the first WrestleMania I saw live was WrestleMania three when Randy Macho Man Savage won. It was in Atlantic City. That was WrestleMania four. It was four. Damn it! He won the tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrestle- that was one of those. And that was and yeah, that four, was in yeah. Vegas. And we yeah. won't say who was ringside. No, right? it was Atlantic City. Or, I'm sorry, Atlantic yeah, City yeah. Uh-huh. at somebody specific's towers. Uh, yeah. That we, <laughs> <laughs> has a great relationship with pro wrestling. Who'd have thunk, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what yeah. got you into wrestling? So I'm right, I'm a wrestler, but I love comedy. I love comedy mm-hmm. so much. And uh, so, like, a short story is I was with the WWE for two years and I got fired. Uh, well, let's go back just a touch further. Okay. Did you, did you like wrestle in high school and college kind of competitive? No. No. I don't like that fake stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like the legit professional <laughs> wrestling. That's why they call it professional. Yes, yes. exactly. And I, have to, I haven't asked, been able to ask a wrestler this yet, but I need to know, how angry was Vince McMahon when he had to remove the F and replace it with an E? Oh, I don't, I don't, I wasn't around then, but you got to imagine because the, the bears, yeah, the yeah. bears took it. The pandas, <laughs> yeah, it was a trademark thing, world, uh, world, world wildlife, wildlife foundation. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He must've been pissed, but it must've been enough money or something going on that he was like, all right, I'll he had it to an do e. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's where, you know, I, I always thought like, ah, no one's ever going to call it WWE. They're always going to remember WWF, but you know, 15 years later or whatnot, mm-hmm. everyone right. kind of knows it's WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So for me. I, I played sports my whole life, but I, there was something about, I played sports my whole life, but I also was a kid of the 80s, so like I loved like G.I. Joe yep. and like He-Man mm-hmm. and the idea of like gimmicks and like almost like sport theatrics, if that if you right, will, right. right? One of my favorite movies, and I, I always say this is Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just the different characters in the fighting of that, and I felt like Bloodsport was like, 
the closest thing to professional wrestling. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was athletic, but I was also a showman. So uh, that's kind of, I, I couldn't give you an answer why, but I loved professional wrestling. Right. My yeah. first memory is Andre the Giant getting his hair cut in 1983. Yeah. Now, do you did you go crazy the way I did when you saw um, Iron Sheik fight, like, either Hulk Hogan or Sergeant Slaughter? I don't know. I just like I was I I wasn't like your best typical fan like right. Boo and Yay. I was uh-huh. just in awe of the whole the whole show. I think you were kind of taking a step back and seeing the big picture. I of kind the of show. did, which oh, is weird because you know four or five you go, six yeah, years old. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I I was kind of just like the whole show of it. I really didn't mm-hmm. get that deep into hating and and, and loving. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the I, the spec the the. So you're the Switzerland Spectacle. of wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, I am. I don't like to brag, but yeah. <laughs> it's on my T-shirt. <laughs> Gold Gamera, Switzerland of wrestling. <laughs> so then you just got into that, and then what, what prompted you to, to like become a professional wrestler? Yeah, so I started training. I, I, I played uh, – my parents were like, hey, you – uh, you have to go to college. You can't be a pro wrestler after high school. I was like, my mom, I want to like, be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I played a year of college football. Where? At Western Michigan University. Oh, nice. I was known it's as... In Kalamazoo. In Kalamazoo, yeah. Division 1A. I was known as the worst Division 1A college football player of all time. <laughs> and I'm very proud of that. I did a red shirt year. Uh, and I was just like, all right, I played the year. I don't want to continue this there's right. n- there's nothing for me in football i was like mom i'm 18 i'm an adult now i want to be a pro wrestler and they're like all right fine you got to finish your college education and so i did I-, I went and i trained during the summer and then i continued to wrestle for the next like three years while i went to college and kind of making a little name for myself and it's the same way and in this movie that i'm kind of promoting the wrestling road diaries it's it's the same way you see that the independent wrestler is on the road and hustling just like a comedian right. mm-hmm. hitting the road 20 bucks a shot you know yeah. luckily at my in my advancedness in wrestling i'm making a little more than that but it's the same system almost but right. now when you get started like do you have to find a place to train like someone to teach you mm-hmm. everything like is there like it's specific trade school. wrestling schools there is a trade school yeah mm-hmm. mine was $2000 Mm-hmm. And these two dudes from Chicago on six corners, uh, Milwaukee, Irving, and uh, yeah, and uh, what was the other one? At Addison? No, yeah. it's at, uh, no, it's Irving and Ashland, maybe Milwaukee, Irving, Ashland. One of those six yeah. corners in Portage, Portage Park. Uh, they trained me in this little strip mall uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, and yeah, and then like eventually, like they were like, "Hey, we know this guy that will put you on. You know, go up there for a tryout, or they'll give you ten bucks, or they'll." They'll give you a hot dog afterwards and don't ask questions. Don't ask what you're getting paid. Just go get as much experience as you can. And so like I took that to heart and like I I was one of the the original, not the original, but like I was a guy, there's guys who just stay in Chicago and I was a guy that me and some of my friends, we just wanted to wrestle everywhere. So we would travel everywhere. Pittsburgh, Ohio, Cleveland, uh, which is in Ohio, um, <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, St. Paul. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So uh, I just like, that's what I wanted to do. I loved it. Like, I was just enamored with it. I was obsessed with it. Um, I never saw myself getting out of it. Now I'm 18 years into professional wrestling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I look kind of normal, I think. I'm not that beat up. I'm, uh, I can walk all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got to, it does have to take an amazing toll on your body. I mean, what types of, I mean, have you had to deal with a bunch of injuries? Yeah, a lot of injuries. And, and so, again, one of the things I'm known for is I changed up my style a lot because I wanted to prolong my career. So that's why I do comedy. Not that's why I do comedy wrestling, but I'm like smart enough to realize, like, oh, I can go out there and 
Vice just put out a documentary. Vice Canada just put out like a 40-minute thing about these guys that do these hardcore death tournaments. And it's just so crazy. And they're just blood and chairs and barbed wire. And I'm like the complete opposite of that where I, I just want to make somebody laugh out there. So what's the, um, for the audience members that don't know, what's the difference between like the traditional uh, wrestling, pro wrestling, and the comedy pro wrestling? Well, I think it's traditional pro wrestling is just two guys or two girls mm-hmm. who have a conflict, and they're just doing hold for holds back and forth, try, trying to win, I guess, essentially. And that's what I'm trying to do also. But it's mainly like aggression and you know almost fear. Where my main goal as a comedy wrestler is I'm looking to make everybody laugh mm-hmm. through the acts of professional wrestling. So we use those tools. Like, I have like setups and punchlines kind of to my physical comedy. Um, and instead of kind of like, yeah, it is physical comedy. So instead of, yeah, instead of like trying to hurt anybody, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to throw them off their game. I'm trying to make, you know, by throwing them off their game, it makes the crowd laugh. And then they're like looking around and that's how I can win. Do, would you consider what you do a little similar to like slapstick of like from, uh, you know, like Abbott and Costello, Three Stooges, yeah. that type of thing? A hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's also this, Yeah. Because the great thing, and so I, I hate this isn't a big plug fest, but the, so my movie, right? It's uh, Fun Equals Money, The Wrestling Road Tree, and we kind of explain all of that. Where there's some, where sometimes I'm, I like to do the comedy stuff, I like to do the slapstick, but sometimes promoters, and each time we go to a different town, some I get put in there with somebody new. So I'm always working with somebody new, and that's like some, something that people don't really realize. Like if I have a comedy act, if I'm a comedian and I just go from town to town, now I'm basically I'm in a two improv I'm in a two improv group, a two man improv group, and it's always changing the person I'm playing oh, with. Oh wow! So sometimes they'll put me with another guy who does slapstick, and they'll be like, "Go out there and have the funniest match." And sometimes that other guy just doesn't, maybe hasn't like broke it down as much as I do because I do break it down. So then I have to play the straight man because I'm the only one that realizes there needs to be a straight man right? Mm-hmm. in terms of like your Abbott Costello right. and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I have to change up my shtick a lot, but I'm willing to do it for the sake of the comedy because sometimes the other people just don't realize that you need one of those. Right. You have to and, have both Laurel and Hardy. Correct. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't just have one. And everyone wants to be... Laurel? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know who the funny one was. Hardy. Okay, Hardy. I mean, so then how, I guess my question is then how are you, like now, you're established now, this is how you make your living. So how are you, do you have a little more control? In, ter- in the way like a comedian who's a headliner has a little more control over their opening acts now going to a club. I could tell my opening act, don't do crowd work, right? <laughs> Or is that what you meant? <laughs> well, well, no. I mean, like it's it's. I mean, who I want to work with? Well, like if you're sometimes keep guessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much money the promoter wants to pay me? Well, like I'm, I get to kind of choose sometimes who my opening acts are. A guy like Doug Benson comes and says, "This is I'm bringing this person as my opening mm. act, and no one's disputing it." Where sometimes I say to the club, "I said, could I have this, this, or this person open for me?" And they might go, "No," and I got to go, "Okay." Yeah, I, I think we're on. The, I think we're on the same. But we're like, <laughs> they could suggest who would you think you'd have a good match with. But sometimes it's probably the same as, as clubs. Is that these they want to use this guy? They're like, this is our star. We want him. We think he would be the best. And they 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 get off on the idea that that they get to play that power role 
of like I've made this match. You know, I sometimes right. I feel that we're you know all we are are just uh, action figures to these promoters right. who like are just playing with us because this is the sh- the show that they want to see that was in their bedroom when they were eight playing with the wrestling figures. Right, same way I am. So I have control of like, hey, I think I'd have a good match with this person, or like, are you really going to put me with this person because it's just it's not going to be a good match. I'd rather you put me with that person, and usually they'll they'll listen to me or take into mm. consideration. All right, so we should talk about some uh, wrestling movies. movies. And we're going to talk about um, movies about wrestling, documentaries about wrestling, and uh, movies with wrestlers in them. Yeah, wrestlers have made the Mm -hmm. crossover. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about crossing over from uh, wrestling to, you know, movies, because not every wrestler can do it, and some of them do it, uh, and it's it's almost like... uh, you forget that they even started in wrestling. Like The Rock right now is a huge star, but he started as a wrestler, whereas Rowdy Roddy Piper never really um, gave up wrestling, even though while he was doing movies. He, it's so funny. So I had Rowdy Piper on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Great guy. It, Nicest it, guy. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And we ta- I, I, ta- I made sure to get into like They Live, and there was that one he did with um, Andrew Dice Clay uh, and Shannon Tweed. Do you remember that one where it was a Miss like a Miss America pageant or one of those? Oh, God, I don't even remember. And that he was one. the I think he was the bad guy and Dice was the good guy or, or he, Dice was the good guy. Piper was, or the other way around. Adventures of Ford Fairlane or something was he in? No, the, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a deep cut. This movie. I oh just, yeah, <laughs> you have to understand. I'm so obsessed with wrestling that whenever I would, as a kid, whenever I would see a wrestler, right. I would then become obsessed with that movie or just the idea well, that they were in a Frog movie. Town was yeah. like one that like you would go to the video store and like, well, this looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, wait, it's got Roddy Roddy Piper in it. I'm, I have, I'm renting I have it. To yeah, I have it. to see this now. <laughs> I have to see it. And Piper, he was out. You know, in WrestleMania three, he lost to Adrian Adonis. Or no, I'm sorry. He beat Adrian Adonis, and that was his swan song. He was gone. He told Vince McMahon, "I'm gone." And he was good. He was just he wanted to make it big in in the movies, mm-hmm. and that was like his goal. And like the movies didn't want him to make it big, and so he he ended up coming back to wrestling. So I think in a perfect world, he would have been uh, in Hollywood forever. Mm-hmm. And The Rock, killing it. Yeah, but there was a time where he wasn't really killing it, right? Well, Scorpion King. You know, you look at like there were there were certain ones where like, well, is he kind of crossing over, isn't he? But you know, there was I feel uh, like he was doing like da- was he doing Daddy Daycare or was that Vin Diesel? That's Vin Diesel. That Vin <laughs> there was one but, here, maybe the Tooth Fairy. There was the Tooth Fairy. You know what the Tooth Fairy? Here's yeah. the thing about the Tooth Fairy. Um, it was way better than it had any right to be. Yeah, it was actually funny. It was a uh, when Billy Crystal is like the fairy giving a. Uh, um, the rock is like equipment in like fairy town and goes, you have the eyes of a shark, only deader. <laughs> uh, but I now, remember did you just watch the tooth fairy just to watch. Oh, I had kids. You so, yeah, right, so, right. I really kid, so, but I was like, oh, I don't want to watch. And then I'm like, Oh, you know what? These, these guys actually gave a shit and made it funny. Okay. Uh, um, and then, uh, like movies like the rundown, when uh, The Rock was in, where suddenly I'm like, oh, you know what? He's starting to come into his own as an action uh, actor. And then it, it just kind of snowballed from there. was there. one with the board, too. Uh, he, he had the board, and he would walk oh, around Oh, I forgot about that one. beat dudes yeah. up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which I, same thing. Walking Tall or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a remake of a 70s film that he mm-hmm. did. Um, so, he, so he did The Rundown in 2003. He did uh, Walking Tall in 2004. Uh, you know, he did Be Cool doom and it was sort of like i think oh, doom was such a bomb that's yeah. where they like were like i don't know if you're the man anymore that Gang. was a huge bomb it was like yeah. oh these were starting to bomb and he did a lot of tv work you know and then he it's funny then he kind of goes back to you know he he was 
you know, he did some did some video game for WWE, Get Smart, you know, Race to Witch Mountain. None of these movies were his None fault. None of these. Yeah, these <laughs> but then he did Tooth Fairy in 2010. Uh, and, you know, it was sort of like, huh. And then he started doing... Um, so I remember hearing an interview with him yeah. where he he's got, I think he got rid of his manager because his manager was like, you can't associate yourself with wrestling. And eventually he was like, you know what? Like I'm a wrestler and I'm going to embrace that. Right. And right. that's when like he started becoming the man. And I think he started to uh, start lifting a couple extra weights. Uh, <laughs> right. well, and he started went, embracing his inner, like I'm jacked. I'm a superhero. Right. And he then, uh, that's when he started kind of well, blow he starts up. getting in the fast and furious. Movies. Well, that was it. That was tipping point for you him. Know, for and sure. then it's like th- those movies were huge. I mean, then he was in, you know, we started, he was just a, a uh, he was in fast five as Hobbs. He was a driver. I mean, I even saw journey to the mysterious Island, which was based yeah. on, you know, the Jules Verne story. Um, that wasn't based on the the band Journey. <laughs> It'd be a little more. And interesting they had their second movie. Yeah. <laughs> the first movie was so successful. But then, yeah, and then it just then it kind of blew up from there, and now it's like you know he's untouchable. Yeah, it's Central yeah. Intelligence, and it's he's. I mean, if you look at his right now, his announced or pre production, he's got uh, Jumanji, Jumanji, really, Rampage, mm-hmm. Shazam, Baywatch, Fast Eight. Uh, Doc Savage, Journey Three, and San Andreas Two. That's his wow. just slate of coming up between now. San Andreas and- Two. Yeah, I oh, watched. Dear Lord. I watched that on a on a film on a film. I watched that on a plane, and I like that's one of those where you're just I'm never going to watch that, and then you're like, ugh, there's nothing left to watch. Fine, I'll watch San Andreas, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. on a plane. Yeah, it's a great plane movie. Yes, great plane. Low license fee. Um, well, let's also <laughs> talk about. Uh, so Roddy Roddy Piper, he you know he's ma- he's making still making thousands of movies like every hour on the hour. Well, s- sadly, he isn't anymore. He's no longer no, with he us. Away. Oh well, his movies are great. <laughs> <They're> yeah. Still- <laughs> yeah. When did he pass away? It was very uh, recent. Yeah, yeah, recently, maybe was, uh, less than a year ago. Yeah, less than a year. Oh, around there. Um, Way to go. <laughs> Way to go, Graham. <laughs> I um. Let's talk. I, th- about I think I've told this story before when I when I met him. Okay. When I met Roddy Roddy Piper. I was uh, um, I was you were in the son. ring. I, yeah. I was no, we don't know about this. And, and I'll tell you, I saw him when I was a kid. I saw him at the Philadelphia Spectrum, and you know he's wrestling. And you know Philly's a crazy town. Yes. So I've wrestled um, there many. times. I saw um, just some kid was drunk or high, got in the ring with him. Literally, just got in the ring with him, and Roddy Riper just fucking threw him yeah. out. And you could tell that wasn't staged. <laughs> that was that was real. Uh, so. It was a Denny's. I have my my son in a stroller. It was a couple of years ago. And I was like, I see him come in with a couple other people. And I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to bother. I don't ever want to bother people. So I'm like, but I, he's a, I'm a big fan. He's still he's wearing his hot rod shirt. I'm like, I don't want to. Right. Yeah. I don't like, I don't want to bother him. So I walk out and uh, uh, I'm walking my son. And then I realize, you know what? I don't know if I'm ever going to get to meet Roddy Roddy Piper again. So I walk back in the Denny's and I say hi. I said, look, I'm a big fan. I just wanted to say hi. Couldn't have been nicer. Shaking my hand, taking a picture with my kid. And then the guy he's sitting at lunch with goes, are you Chris Mancini? Yes! (laughs) Yes! So I got recognized after talking to Roddy. That's wonderful. (laughs) 
And he goes, yeah, it was Tommy James. It was another comedian. Nice. They were they were trying to pitch a reality show with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So they were taking a break in between pitch sessions. At, uh, That's uh, at the, and then so then Roddy then Tommy and I just started talking for a little bit. And then they went to the next meeting. So oh, it was awesome. that kind of it feels yeah. justified. Yeah, a little exactly. Bit. Like you're not that. I'm not that big of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm just like you, Roddy. I'm one of you. <laughs> so I get it. You knew it was bold for me to come up yeah. and uh, and say hello. But you're nicest, nicest guy. So Roddy Piper was in one of my favorite movies ever. It was called Body Slam. Mm-hmm. And we talked about a little bit of this on Doug Loves Movies mm-hmm. because he was, um, they said he was from Evanston, Illinois. Uh, and his name was Quick Rick Roberts. And when I heard Evanston, Illinois, I was from, you know, Chicago and Deerfield. I was like, oh my God, this guy, you know, in my 10 year old brain. High school? I went to Deerfield High School. I went to yeah. ETHS, Evanston Township, Township, Township high, school. high School. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played you guys in football. Yeah, you did. Beat us every year. <laughs> and yeah, and so body and and that's who did I say was in Body Slam? Tanya Roberts mm-hmm. and M. Harry Smilak, who I just showed you the IMD, but I forget what it was. Body Slam came out in 1986. Uh, it was directed by Hal Needham. Wow. Uh, who else started? Cheatham Needham. Yeah, it was uh, Dirk Benedict. Oh, Tanya Dirk Benedict. Roberts, yeah, and Starbuck. Piper. What is what is Starbuck? Starbuck, he, uh, Dirk Benedict played Starbuck in the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I would not know that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like his most iconic role before like A-Team. You mean Body Slam? Yeah, yeah exactly. Of Body course Slam. his most iconic role. <laughs> and yeah, that was uh, M. Harry Smilak or Dirk Benedict had a rock and roll team, mm-hmm. a rock and roll band, and it just wasn't picking up. And then he found wrestling and he put wrestling and rock and roll together and they took it on tour and it became a smashing success. And, and uh, Piper was one of the, uh, was one of his wrestlers oh, wow. and he got to learn about him and his daughter. And that uh, was a real feel good moment. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, directed by Hal Needham who did uh, the Smokey and the Bandit movies, who did Hooper. Um, he has a couple of movies under his belt before yeah. Body Slam. Stroker Ace. Did he make any movies after Body Slam? Um, he did a bunch of Bandit TV movies, and that was about it. Does it say like if it made money or or what the Body Slam? Yeah, are you what, looking what, on anything like me, that? Let me see if, what Body Slam because they I, don't they don't track some of the older movies. It's mm, hard to get that because I would come home from school and that would be on HBO like constantly. So at least like HBO was paying money, right? Yeah, yeah I definitely. can't imagine it had a huge budget. Mm-hmm. You know, Captain Lou Albano was in it. Nice. He was a manager who used to have rubber bands hanging from his uh, ears. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Are we holding? So let's go into um, uh, the wrestler, which came out a couple of years ago with Mickey Rourke. At, what did that? What did you think? Of well, I almost asked, "What did you? What did you guys take away from that?" Because that was so. That was the first one of like really showing, like a modern age showing what our industry was like that wasn't a documentary and like no one like uh, we feel that we're like kind of like so to the we're so we're such a niche underground world especially mm-hmm. independent wrestling which is essentially what he was doing that like no one's ever really like our our argoski our what's his name the director our oh aaron arfsky you know no one like no one like him has taken on a thing like that and i have some funny stories for you guys too regarding that movie because i wrestle for a promotion called ring of honor and that's where they um, that's where the main end uh, event was at, Ring of Honor. So they worked okay. with the company, but I was actually with WWE at that time. Well, um, so I'm kind of curious as like your guys' take. Well, I will say, like as a fan, like as a wrestling fan, and uh, someone who kind of grew up watching it. When I saw this film, uh, again, I don't know, I didn't know a lot of the behind the scenes of wrestling. It just felt real to me. Like it felt like okay, I could see 
wrestlers having to go through this. And as they get older and they age, this could be how they end up. So mm. none of it felt really like false, like as far as like the the um, journey that we were taking with this character. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I could see this happening. I get it. You know, I was mm. in this um, like short film sort of wrestling mockumentary about really it's called big short a uh, big thing came out in 2008 we actually shot it i think in 2002 2003 um these two brothers the the morrison brothers did this documentary where i played like a wrestling promoter and so i was in florida for like a week or two shooting this film and i met a lot of wrestlers actual wrestlers um that we had in the movie. And I learned a lot about it. I learned about gigging. I learned about, which is you have the blade to cut yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew a little bit about that sort of, and I, it was, it was in doing that movie that I learned about the like indie wrestler. Right. It, and then so I was we're like, we're not all giant arenas. Right. Exactly. I was like, Oh, it is like stand up comedy. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's like, if you only thought stand up comedy was like, you know, like Amy Schumer, or Chris Rock selling out the Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and you didn't realize there's like bar gigs, you mm-hmm. know. So I learned a lot about it. And was like, that was pretty cool, and we we hung out with a bunch of pro wrestlers that were in it. Um, How do I see this? I don't know. It's called Big Thing, and I don't know if it's online or not. If anyone finds it online, coldcabana.com, <laughs> send this to me. I have a at mullet. Cold I got extensions to wear a mullet. Oh my it's gosh! Great. It's me and Paul Goble. It was so much fun to do. Because I'm sure there's dudes I know in there. Probably. Of course. Probably. Wow. And, and um, so so when The Wrestler came out, it did f- just my little bit of knowledge that I gained from doing that movie. I was like, well, this does feel kind of real. Like, this is what that indie world is. Yeah. And, you know, it is sort of and, – and also having been a – you know, I played sports when I was younger and being sort of a sport uh, – a big sports fan, I do know that the, the aging athlete – that is sort of similar, the specifics mm-hmm. of, of that, but like the guy that can't retire or, you know, goes and plays in Europe because he can't play in the States or whatever the thing is, like, I know that that's such a thing that's so hard to let go of and to watch that. So I, I think that was very, there's a lot of guys like Mickey Rook that I know. I don't think we're ever that big on top. Like in that movie, he was like, you know, a God, but you know there's a lot of guys who are still wrestling at 60 years old that are I'm on shows with, and they're still, you know, they're, they'll make 150 bucks or they'll make a hundred bucks and try to sell, you know, a hundred dollars and eight by tens or whatever. And that's what they make, you know? And that's wow. essentially, that's what he was doing. Cause it's like, you can either, you know, you probably spent all your money on drugs just like he did. And you can either like get a real job at the deli or you could try to hustle a couple hundred bucks. Uh, that's your new retirement, you know, field. Right. So I think a lot of wrestlers, ooh, I think a lot, Oh, I think a lot of wrestlers my age were like, well, that's not true. That's not what's... And, and I think a lot of wrestlers my age were smart enough to know that that's not like... If we just save and we learn from the mistakes of the idiots before us, right. we'll be fine. And I think there's a lot of us that, that realize that. But you're treating it like a business. It's not just like a nonstop party. And, and I think and- those days are just... Of everything, I, I think, like rock and roll, comedy, that the guys... It's not like... Back then, I think it was like 97%. You just got your money, did drugs... You know, you went out and partied. Because right. it's never going to end. Isn't that right? Right. And <laughs> no, I think I, we've heard so many stories that everyone's a little smarter. That's a days. great point. Like, I remember talking to the guy that owns the Zanies in Nashville. And they have a comedy condo. And it's actually a very nice place. And he even said, you know, he's been owned a club for 30 years. And he goes, he goes, the days of the guys trashing the condo 
that's over. Mm-hmm. He listed some of these comics like John Fox and some of these guys who just, mm-hmm. they just, that's what they did. They, I know guys, headliners that were getting advances during the week to do blow and shit. So by Saturday night, they, they were, were already broke. Out of money. Blow and shit? They would snort shit? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Just, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> well, Vegas, what I remember it? when I played the Riviera, the, the shows would go through till Sunday, but they would pay you in cash on Saturday to you know try to get you to spend all the money in the casino before your gig was even done. <laughs> yeah. Carnies, carnies. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked The Wrestler. I yeah. did. And oh, so one of the fun stories in that is... Uh, there was a guy named Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Now he wrestles at da- as Daniel Bryan. He was in Ring of Honor, and he t- and he was like the best wrestler there. He w- ended up going on to a headline WrestleMania, seventy thousand people in uh, Dallas or whatever it was, and became a huge star in wrestling. And he's actually in the Wrestling Road Diaries one, my documentary. At, we're just independent guys, and they are Ar- Aronofsky asked Daniel Bryan. He goes, "Do you think this guy is believable to play the wrestler?" And that was the original choice. They had brought him to a show, and it was Nicolas Cage. And oh, wow. Daniel Bryan goes, honestly, no. Like, no one's going to believe this dude's a wrestler. I'm sorry. And, you know, a couple weeks later, Mickey Rourke's uh, playing that, who they originally wanted, but I guess couldn't get, or wasn't wow. a big enough star. So it's supposed to be Nicolas Cage, and he came to wrestling shows to watch it. And one of my good buddies who's been on my podcast, the Necro Butcher, I don't know if you remember that. He's the guy who they did the hardcore fight where – they stapled, uh, yeah. He stapled Mickey Rourke, and he put the glass over his head. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, that was, yeah. The, he was a real wrestler, and that's the real style of wrestling that he did. And this poor guy, he's almost like the story of the wrestler where, like, I think on the either, is it the Oscars or the Grammys? I'm confused, sorry. Which Oscars. Does, at the Oscars, uh, Seth Rogen, like, did a skit where he's like, I'm the Necro Butcher, and, like, he could have moved that into such a successful thing, but he was just like a barbarian wrestler dude that, like, he never... Got it. You know, like Mickey Rourke wanted him to be in all these movies. Like he loved this dude, as we all do as wrestlers. He's the best. Um, but like nothing, he didn't parlay it to anything. Kept on wrestling. Got too old. Got beat up, and just kind of got forced out of wrestling. No one would book him anymore. Oh wow! Yeah. So some of the let's let's talk about some some actors in some classic movies that people might not know were actually big name wrestlers. Okay. Like, uh, you talked about Pat Roach. So Pat, so I'll name a couple and then we can go back. Okay. Pat Roach, Terry Funk, uh, Toro Tanaka, and uh, Jesse Ventura is in a bunch of those, obviously. So Pat Roach was um, a huge wrestler, and he did a couple other things besides, but he was a huge wrestler in England, the world of sport mm-hmm. uh, style, and then eventually he stopped, and he he was in, was it Raiders of the Lost Ark? Where they where he fought where Harrison Ford fought him by the propeller in That's the airplane. It. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Raiders Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it was a short fight because then he got hit with the propeller. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. I thought it was a, was it that short though? I thought it was a decent fight scene. No, it was a good it was a it was a it was, it was a, a, yeah, well, there were some punches. He's a for big sure. dude. Yeah. Big, yeah. And he's kind of kicking Harrison Ford's ass mm-hmm. and then Harrison Ford it's the whole thing. The flame starts going around right. the The and, plane starts going in a circle. And he's got Harrison Ford beat and then the and then Harrison Ford kind of looks up and smiles because he sees the plane starts running on its own, and then it, and it, he gets chewed up by the blade. Yeah, um, I think it's cool that they they to use it makes so much sense to use wrestlers in fight scenes uh, in movies. Yeah, definitely. right. Because <laughs> all you've been doing is choreographed fighting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the other guys that you said. So Terry Funk is another example of a fight scene. He 
was in Roadhouse, mm-hmm. and he was in oh, my favorite movie of all time is Over the Top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Movie was like don't alone. judge me. That's fantastic. <laughs> Again, goes back to kind of wrestling like that. Aren't it's got the tournament, different characters, the guy who drank the the uh, gas, you know, the just uh, Mad Dog Madison, Carl, uh, the Canadian strongman Carl Adams, like just all different characters. I love the idea of all different characters Robert in Loge a thing. Is in it. This is that era in the '80s where Stallone could, him and like Tom Cruise could do no wrong. Yeah, they're like whatever movie it is, it'll do it's okay. Over the top's gonna make money. Cocktail's gonna make money. Like yep. no, like, Cobra, Cobra, exactly. Oh, I love Cobra. Cobretti. <laughs> Um, Marion Cobretti? <laughs> to be exact. I think for a couple days after I saw Cobra, I had the match in my mouth. I think everyone did that, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. That's As right. the toothpick, you put the match in your mouth was like Cobra. The crime was a disease and Cobra was the cure? Yeah. Oh, man. That's right. What could have been? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and so what Terry Funk was, the he was Mr. Cutler's bodyguard. And he ended up, uh, I think, going through a, a plane of glass uh, when Robert Loggia offered... Uh, Sylvester Stallone money not to be in the arm wrestling tournament anymore and he didn't take it and then he punched Terry Funk put him through a, a window and he went and he did it he won the, he won the truck he won the money he won his son's love I mean what a movie didn't he used to he used to wrestle uh, he would come out in a cowboy hat right? Terry Funk yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he's him. from the yeah the the double cross ranch in Armarillo Texas mm-hmm. he um as a uncredited fan in Friday Night Lights, according to his IMDb, um, and uh, he's he, Terry Funk. He must have a lot of stuff. Yeah, he and, must a million TV movies and videos and TV series and and. So I had Terry Funk on my podcast, mm-hmm. and his the, the why he did all of this was because wrestling we don't get insurance, and he was smart enough to realize that he needed to do three things in SAG. And then he would get insurance. Three movies a year in SAG or whatever it might be. Pro wrestlers don't get insurance? We don't get anything. Oh, Oh, yeah. So you're paying your own insurance. It's the Wild West in the world of professional wrestling. Still to this day, the WWE does not... The WWE, through some awful loophole that I hope the government or This American Life one day comes down on them... Does they're known as independent contractors. Oh, Oh, my my God. God. Yep. Yep. Wow. Awful, isn't it? So oh. yeah, so uh, so he was smart enough to realize. Well, like, maybe you know when it, it takes off and starts making money, that yeah, could retroactively. Well, yeah, let's be the, fair. Uh, WWE's yeah. just barely getting yeah. by. A real mom and pop operation, yeah. dollar global, <laughs> and they're making right. movies now too. Yeah, they're have, producers. Have you Production seen company. any of these movies? No, no. There's some. There was the one where there was with, a horror movie Kane, with Kane in Kane it, right? in it, mm-hmm. but also Halle Berry uh, and there's and Colin Farrell maybe were in a movie. So they'll like they'll like take one of their stars and like put him as like the fifth lead in it and try to do real movies. Oh, Edge and Jamie Kennedy was in a movie together. Nice. <laughs> Some real gems. Wow. Some real gems. Uh, okay, other wrestlers. Uh, Diesel Kevin Nash was Super Shredder in WrestleMania or in WrestleMania in um, Super Nin- Super Nintendo. I'm all over the place. Uh, the Turtles movie. Oh, Shredder. Shred- Super Shredder. He was Super Shredder. When he was yeah. the giant version of Shredder. Oh. That was okay. Kevin Nash. He was also in Grandma's Boy. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys moving uh moving his stuff. He's been in a lot he's been in a lot of good stuff. He was in John Wick, the doorman in John Wick. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's he's also another smart one who's realized that there's probably that he needs insurance. He needs insurance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets those residuals. He was in uh, Magic Mike, he was one of the big guy that danced. Oh wow! The bit like Mongo or whatever his name was. Um, 
I'm throwing you all over on uh, IMDb here, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's I'm making fun. you it's a dance. Fun search. Yeah, and the, I was gonna move on. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's also now get into because um, last year, earlier this year, I watched the Iron Sheik documentary. Um, I forget the name of it that was on uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. but let's talk about some wrestling docs okay. that you've that you've seen that you like. And J- J- Jake the Snake just had one on Netflix too. Which is weird because he's kind of a oh yeah I did start the resurrection that. of Jake the Snake Roberts yeah which is weird because he's kind of like a bit of a con man because that's wrestling mm-hmm. so like you don't know what he's just putting on because he realizes it's a feel good story and maybe he stopped smoking crack and so like you know right uh, so that's like a real weird he needs insurance too <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so some of the greatest uh, Beyond the Mat was in the in the movie theaters yes I remember that I one. saw that in the movie theaters Barry Blaustein who directed The Ringer that's what I know him from I don't know if you know him from anything else <laughs> that came out in 1999 and that was an inside look at uh, wrestling and that was like I think like every wrestler like really likes that because WWE didn't they didn't make that it was an outside right. source and so Barry Blaustein did such a wonderful job of showing all different aspects, including WWF at the time, including uh, higher level independence and the lower level independence, and some guys trying to get a job. Um, it just showed a lot of the aspects of wrestling. Do you feel like this movie, even whatever seventeen years later, is still accurate in terms? Like, if someone's like, "I don't know much about wrestling," would you still send them to watch Beyond the Mat to kind of get an idea? Or is that sort of does it part of it sort of a bygone era a little bit or yeah I, th- I think it still holds up yeah yeah I think it holds up uh, obviously I mean stuff has obviously changed but it was such a good variety of of all of it and like a, and and there's he picked good stories too of different people that uh, that it holds up and also like there's something romantic about those stories about the ones who have come before you know right. before us as wrestlers Do, are, is there anybody in that movie that there's like oh this is the young up and comer 17 years ago who's now actually really blown up or ooh well I wrestled in San Francisco the other night and I I met for the first time one of the guys that was in the movies really? the young up and comer he's no longer a wrestler but he still just kind of hangs around oh, wow. and like. You know, because that was a movie, and it was a movie I've watched a million times. So I just started, like, not to him, but to, I was like, hey, did you see Tony Jones was back there? And I just started doing all the quotes from the movie because I know all the quotes. <laughs> you know, like, Jim Ross, like, says, like, hey, kid, you got to work on your shoulders and your upper, you know, and your upper chest, and then you'll be in the hunt. And, like, I must have said that, like, a million times. <laughs> like, I couldn't even believe you. You know, which is funny about documentaries is because, I mean, we're all real people, right? But they're not, they're just real in the thing. And but then they're like huge stars to to the person that likes the movie, right? So like I'm like that's Tony Jones, oh my god! And Roland Alexander was the promoter in that movie for the small time thing in San Francisco. He's since passed, but I had him on my documentary or on my uh, podcast a couple years ago because in my head, this guy's like a movie star where he was just like a small time promoter. But like I put that movie in such a high pedestal that all those people in that movie just to me are like. They're the same as Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. They're movie stars, which is kind of cool about documentaries, I think. It is a great thing. And, it, and, and they always, you know, as we've said a million times on the show, they give um, a, like a non-fan or a not, if, you don't, if you're not knowledgeable about whatever world they're talking about, you now get, you get a nice view as to what that 
subculture is, mm-hmm. and in this case, obviously, it's wrestling. And that that's the, the the best part about it, I think, is you then go, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that there was this type of wrestling or this levels or whatever. And some people were like, from what I remember from the documentary, and also from what you've been saying too, it seems like some people retire, some people retire early, some people keep going. Like, what's the oldest you've ever seen someone wrestle? Um, so I'll do a little plug. While telling a story, I do uh, a doc. I do a podcast on Howl.fm. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know that, like mm-hmm. the Netflix of podcasting, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do a, a storytelling podcast where it's like post-produced. I put music to it, and I tell these stories of like it's called Pro Wrestling Fringe. And it's like real weird stories in wrestling because that's like my favorite. Like, it's, I'm just, I'm such like an alternative underground nerd. I feel that like you know like like that's a, a true hipster. I think if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's and I tell a story about Les Kellett, who is a com- comedic wrestler from the 1950s my favorite wrestler ever please google him or youtube him and watch a match les kellett and he didn't get his break until he was 58 years old wow 58 years old so he was wrestling just just kind of going through it and then eventually he figured out the style of making people laugh and he became a huge star at 58 years old and he wrestled into his mid-60s and then kind of started to wind it down a little yeah, so bit. So in the way that like comedy and podcasting, like a lot of us podcasters, but also comedy podcasters have sort of started to take control of our show business careers via podcasting. Would you say, take control? Take control. <laughs> take control of your comedy career. Uh, would you... Um, are there people doing that with wrestling? Sort of starting their own... like. You is that what you said? And that's what I'm known as in the industry. Really, the first guy to do the wrestling podcast based off of the comedy podcast world. I saw what was happening. I loved it. I was like, "Where's the wrestling one?" No one was doing it. In 2010, I started doing the first long form wrestler to wrestler in the business wrestling podcast. Still going now. You know, six and a half years later, uh, the Wrestling Road Diaries, the movies that I put out based off of the uh, comedians of comedy. I saw that movie and I was like, this is amazing. This is what we do. Nobody's done this in wrestling. Put that out. Uh, and then like little weird, I have YouTube shows that I do. I did one that was kind of like influenced by uh, Eddie Pepitone. Did that put in? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started like I, that kind of like caught so me in a way. So you set your business model up based on what you've seen comedians do kind of? And, the, and which based off of the podcast movement. Wow. Yeah. Because that's how I like started to learn. You know, I... I would, I would say, in you like dirty feet. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I love hearing this. And get like, off our lawn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was always. Uh, I loved comedy, and, and right in two thousand nine, I started like. Learn, I started. Someone told me about uh, comedy Death Ray, mm-hmm. and I started listening. And I was like, first of all, I was like, this is free because I was poor as could be at that point. And then, you know, so like all my favorites giving me this free entertainment. And then I just started, you see, you know how, you know the story. I saw the guest on this person. I started looking up on iTunes. He started, especially, and then back then, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't a minefield like that it is now. So I was able to get in like on all these people early and I just saw, and then I also saw their careers starting to grow and I realized like, oh, this is what, this wrestling needs this and no one else in my, wrestling's always five years behind the time. That's always a fact. Uh, and so I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'll do this, you know, I'll do, I'll get it early on this. And then, you know, like a couple of years ago, Stone Cold Steve Austin got a podcast and now everyone's like, oh, podcasting. I'm sure you guys know exactly that's happened in the right. podcasting yeah, industry, yeah. right? Jesse Ventura had one too. Yeah. But the idea of like, you guys were very early on the ground floor and then, you know, some 
big time comedian and everyone's sure. like podcasting's a thing now it's like yeah. well guys we've been <laughs> right you know the story so yeah. um yeah so uh that, so that essentially like i'm known as the diy guy doing it myself i produced this movie myself i put this movie you know i flew over these guys from japan and england in this new documentary i did uh knowing that it'll come back because knowing because i have uh, fans who support because I have fans who listen, who've listened to my show for every week for six and a half years. So then years. how much is just, I'm obviously not asking for like dollar amounts, but in terms of percentage of your income, you says you're making your living as a wrestler. Right. How much of it is like the live events and how much of it is like the ancillary of like podcast ad reads or YouTube or merch or. Well, merch is the big, big one. Right. And I was always known as like a merch guy too. And I always tell the story of like, I quit my job in 2003 to become a full-time wrestler, and I knew I needed to make $800 a month, which meant six shows at $100 and $50 of merch each show. So like in my head, I was like, I need to make $50 of merch. That's when I was selling VHS tapes, best of Cole Cabana back in the day. <laughs> and so like, I, you know, so like I, I said to myself, this is what I'm doing for a living. I need to make that merch. So even back then, I was a big merch guy. And so yeah, so like years, like I'd split up in fourths almost, like, one-fourth is wrestling, one-fourth is podcast, one-fourth is merchandise, and the other fourth is, like, miscellaneous. Sure. I, I do... uh mo- prize money. Yeah, well, I do, like, mocap for video games, for wrestling oh, video yeah, games, yeah. and uh-huh. I'll pick up acting gigs and every now and so, you know, you know just surprise money. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one-fourth of that is merch, but, you know, you got to say that, well, merch was only a thing because the podcast, and the podcast right. is only a thing because... I wrestle and they're only listening to my podcast because they can't believe this wrestler they've known for years has a podcast. So it's just this crazy interweaving circle. Yeah. And and then, then how fans find you is the weirdest way. Mm. Like I had no idea you were a wrestler. I just heard you on Doug loves movies, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like shit like that. And you're like, huh? And then the wrestling people have no idea you're doing a podcast, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, and then they find the podcast and think it's amazing. I had people find this podcast, uh, when they bought one of my books. Oh, like, I didn't know you were a podcast. You had a too. parenting book. Yeah, parenting. I wrote a parenting book for Simon <laughs> and Schuster, and then had people go, "Oh yeah, no, I'm listening to your podcast now." It's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how uh, people find you. How everything's sort of tied up. So let's um, as we kind of wind it down here or whatever. Let's let's go into um, let's talk about your film that you made and where it what it took to make it. And then also, where where can people get it if it's available? Right, definitely available, digital and hard hardcover, hardcover, hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I read your film? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a pamphlet like back in the day, uh, like like uh, CDs used to have like the big book you'd open up, right? Oh man, yeah. The Wrestling Road Diaries three funny equals money. It's a dissection of comedy in wrestling. The Wrestling Road Diaries. The Wrestling Road Diaries. Okay, this is okay. the third installment, and I've done three of them. The the overlying theme for all of them is this is what the life of an independent alternative underground wrestler is like, which like you said, again, I don't know if I knew what that's like. And it's, and that's the fun of it is it is a documentary. And then it shows this weird world. A lot of people may, might've heard of the word independent, but unless you like really live in it, you really don't know sleeping at friends, houses, sleeping at fans, houses, getting paid in hot dogs, you know, seeing all these (laughs) weird Characters and individuals uh, that are wrestlers that only wrestle locally, you know, in different towns. And uh, the first one was about myself and Daniel Bryan and a friend, Sal Renaro. This was like just 
how, what it was like being an independent wrestler. Daniel Bryan ended up going on to be one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. So it's pretty cool that you can go back and watch that. The second one was about two, two of my friends in the WWE who got fired. And this is, hey, what's life back coming into the independence after being wrestling in at Madison Square Garden, kind of like the wrestler almost. What's wow. cause for termination at, at, at like WWE? It's such a you know, politics. Politics. You know, like someone said, you know, someone said something that they don't like, or someone didn't like you, and um, maybe you're not selling as many tickets, or people, the fans don't like you as much, or you're not doing your job. There's so many weird things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got, I don't know, I got, I don't know, I never really got a fair shake, and that's part of my story in WWE is that I got fired, and I had so many fans, like I had, I had real internet following, and so so many fans were like, why would they fire him? And it almost gave me this great sympathy as this great underdog. And that, at that same time, starting my podcast, then you get to hear my story of like oh, wow. trying to climb out of being, you know, mm-hmm. thinking to myself, well, I guess I suck because they fired me. Right. And it's, it was almost the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. Uh, and you get to hear a couple of those. You know, you hear those stories in the first and second one. And then this one, I do comedy wrestling. It's the third one. I brought over a guy from Japan who wrestles in front of 20,000 people, does comedy wrestling in front of 20,000 people. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a real star. His name is Kikutaro. Uh, he's been doing it like over 20 years. Uh, and then I brought in a guy named Grado from Scotland who's kind of newer, but Vice did a documentary and the BBC did a documentary on him very early in his career. And he's such a weird character, uh, just a real goofball, really funny. We had to put subtitles for a lot of his stuff because he is like thick Scottish. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he's not Glasgow. He's like two hours west of yeah. Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and I thought, so one of the interesting I thought, Jack Edinger is the guy who who filmed it and directed it and edited it. I directed along while we were filming, but he kind of put it all together. He, I, you would think that you would want to put your best stuff in this. Like I'm going to put it, this is my album. I'm going to watch him do all my funniest jokes. Well, he put in like a lot of stuff of like us bombing and like, I don't want to like brag, but like I was, I didn't think I'd be okay with that, but I was, I was kind of okay with it. Cause it tells the story of like, Hey, it doesn't always work. <laughs> And uh, you should see that, you know, you should, you should see that. And there's like a couple things where I've gotten a lot of feedback so far because it just came out. Not every joke lands. Yeah. And dealing with what do you do when you eat it? Well, that's what happened. (laughs) I dealt with two hecklers and like, you see me like trying to fight the hecklers off and you see me getting physical almost with the hecklers, but in a funny way, like you see me like jumping on them. Like I'll take a punch, I'll get punched and then I'll fall on them, like extra fall on them because they're pissing me off. But like, I'm allowed to do that as a wrestler, but you're not allowed to like touch them really and then i do this like candid thing in the back and i say how like it really threw me off my game and it made me swear in front of these kids which i didn't like and you know i was just talking in front of the camera at the time and then i realized like how important it was in this documentary that like it shows you know because i'm essentially i'm the producer it's my thing but i was like no we have to we definitely have to keep that that's excellent because Mm. i think i think you know it's it's why so many people like listening to like comedians talk on podcasts because we talk about, oh man, I ate it or this joke, I couldn't get it to work for forever. And then I figured this part out about it or whatever. And that's got to be part of the, I mean, that's, you're dealing with very similar stuff. And I think probably if I, if I didn't love podcasts so much and I was, you know, and I didn't understand that, I, if I was in a different alternative universe, I probably would have taken it out. But I think because like, that's how my mind works now. Mm-hmm. Like it, I didn't even think twice about like, yeah, of course we keep that for that very reason. Yeah. But I, yeah, like you said, it was probably because of podcasts. And, and I think for me, it definitely was because of podcasts. So then, all right. So where can people get the film? Coltmerch.com, digitalcult.com. 
I, I just sell it. Like, it's just me. ColtMerch.com? Yeah. That's awesome. You have a separate URL for your merchandise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ColtCommander.com is my website. Uh-huh. But yeah, that, that comes with the marketing of like, well, because MySpace back in the day used to have uh, PayPal links, yeah. right. and then Facebook didn't have them. So I was right. like, I got I to gotta get a, a main page to send people to. Mm. And I don't know. I just I, that, This was years ago I did that. And so I don't have a distributor, right? Like I buy all the, you know, you guys know how it works. Yeah, I, I buy yeah. all the DVDs from my that guy. That means you're not giving two thirds of the profits away. Well, we don't want to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it is. But right, I put a lot of money into it, and I'm getting a lot of money back from it. So, so it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the the. I've never ever heard a filmmaker say, "Yeah, I made a lot of money from this distributor, and they paid me on time." <laughs> yeah, and I've heard so many um, people who like, yeah, we self distribute, and it's great. Because especially if you're in the podcasting space, you know that every time you go on a show, now your sales are going to spike. Mm. You know? which, which brings us to um, earbuds is being self-distributed yeah, right, right here now. Right at comedyfilmnerds.com. <laughs> and I saw it. Yeah. It was great. Dude. Oh, cool. It was Thank wonderful. Where did you see it? I saw it at the, uh, I was the host of the podcast awards in Chicago. Oh, that's right. That's right. At Pod, Podcast Movement. At Podcast right? Movement. Yeah. And you, uh, you filmed it there. And, yeah. I, and I wanted to make sure to see it. It was wonderful. Thanks, dude. Oh, that's I loved awesome. It. Um, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, so this is the cool thing, guys. You can support, uh, if you want to learn more about what independent wrestling is about, and you're also supporting another guy that's a that's a do-it-yourselfer, uh, go to coltmerch.com, go to mm-hmm. coltcabana.com, and then, of course, earbuds, it's here, it's ready to go. Yep, with the extras. Even if you've seen the movie, it's mm-hmm. only two ninety nine for like an extra hour of bonus features. Bonus content. Interviews you haven't seen, extended interviews. Um, nice uh, montage of uh, Graham and I in Japan. Yeah. It's really fun. A montage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then of course guys the um we sell it standard def high def uh and then the dvd will be ready soon and t-shirts and posters t-shirts and posters so support it you guys do a different model than i do i went i go dvds first digital second you go digital first you go digital first yeah because yeah, we couldn't get the dvd done in time oh, was, gotcha. <laughs> um, i don't know what you're talking about yeah. this was very strategic <laughs> our release <laughs> yeah the comedy filmers corporate headquarters we had a giant yeah. talk we planned the, this out eight months ago with the board <laughs> um so yeah we'll see if this one works we'll see if this model works um so yeah guys thanks for supporting us um and uh, check out Colt. Uh, do you have any upcoming bouts? Or- oh, I'm, well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you're in Chicago the night before Thanksgiving, I'm doing a comedy show with my comedy uh, partner, uh, Marty DeRosa, at North Bar in Chicago, where we watch really shitty wrestling and do, uh, <laughs> we riff over it. That's, oh, that's we have like hundreds of clips that I've like set up. I'm like the, the MC of it. And then, yeah, I'm wrestling. I wrestle all, I keep a, a constant heavy schedule New Jersey, Cleveland, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, um, Austin, Houston within the next couple of months. Colcomand.com is where my appearances are. Mm-hmm. Uh, come see me and come see this weird world. It's a real weird world and it's a great community too. So, um, like, it's so different than arena wrestling. Like, it's, it, it's such a, like you don't have to be like I'm a huge wrestling fan. You could just if you like going to smaller like comedy shows, you'll love going to indie smaller wrestling shows. Yeah, yeah. indie bands. Oh, cool. Yeah, that it's it's really taken off that style of small time hundred, two hundred, three hundred people stuffed in a bar drinking cheap beer. Uh, someone had a name for Grado actually in the movie. It's like you know I don't know if it's like bar wrestling or something. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's, it had like a really cool name 
where it's a cool community and you don't have to you don't even have to know what wrestling is the idea of like people like doing this cool high flying stuff right in front of you interacting as a comedy wrestler i love interacting with the crowd i try to make the crowd part of every single one of my matches i think it's so much fun and you know what you're supporting I mean, you guys are like independent athletes and independent artists all rolled into one. So like we talk a lot about on the show, support independent artists, supporting, that's what you guys are doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. You just work out more. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are in better shape. Yeah. Um, But like, that's the thing. You're supporting little local venues. You're supporting the little person. You're supporting supporting small business owners. So it's a great thing to come check out. So support them, punch each other in the face. Yeah. Yeah, Watch them. You don't have to get punched unless you want to sit in front and heckle. Then he's going to land on you. Right. So maybe don't be an asshole. Serves you right. Yeah. (laughs) And shave. Use a Harry's razor and show up like a civilized human goddamn being. Polish up your audience face. Oh, (laughs) well, also, hey, if you want to be a, and if you want to be a professional wrestler, remember, Remember, shave your arms and legs like a real pro wrestler with Harry's. <laughs> Use the code Comedy Film Nerds. That's Harry's.com. Comedy Film Nerds. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Colt Cabana, for being on the yeah, show. This was great. Thanks for having um, me. Guys, buy earbuds and, uh, yeah, and help girls. Us out. Help us out. Yeah. Girls could buy it too. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Um, that's our show. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as rem- always, remember. Han shot first. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. Eat a bird. (laughs) Suck it.